Welcome to the Control-Alt-Azure podcast. I'm Yusip. And I'm Tobias. Join us for a journey in the cloud. Hello there, and welcome back again to another episode of Control-Alt-Azure. My name is Tobias, and I'm back again with Yusip Roine. What's up? Hey, Toby. All good here. Uh, this past weekend was exciting. We took a road trip with the family. And since we cannot really fly, uh, we decided that, that let's find a place where they have some place where we get to do some skiing, but also some place where we could perhaps find a spa or a swimming pool indoors, of course. And, and we found one very close to the Russian border. And I've never been to Russia, but I've been close to the border. So I figured, yeah, let's go right there. And we, we departed on Friday, we packed the car, and since I drive an electric car, it's super crucial to always plan ahead. Where do we charge? Where do we stop? Do we have enough electricity so that we are not, not uh, stopped on the road and, and, and the family starts yelling and, and nobody's happy? So we go there, we have fun times, and then on Sunday, we are packing the car again, and I go, hey, where's the, uh, where's the home keys? The house keys because i normally have them in my in my backpack they're not there so if we go through the whole car no not there and we'd already uh left the keys to a rental apartment so we go back and ask access to the apartment back we go through the whole apartment not there we go through every backpack every pocket every jacket every coat we cannot find them then i remember when we were driving here halfway, we stopped for a charging, a charging station. Toby drive back there on the way home. We stopped to have lunch. I go through the yard and I remembered, yeah, I had to hop over the fence because the charging station is on a different plot of land. I tried finding the keys. I cannot find them. So I figured, all righty. In Finland, we have a system that if you get locked out, you can always call somebody and they have the master key. So I called the company, it's Sunday, so they go, yeah, it's going to cost you quite a bit. I'm like, whatever, I just need to get, get in. So we drive home, and I, I arrange to meet with the guy at 5 p.m., and I pull over in the garage at 4.58, and my keys are on that exact spot <laughs> where I park my car. So, nice. All, all right. So we were we were gone for two days. Nobody touched the key, so that's fine. So I find the guy upstairs next to my door, and I said, "Yeah, I actually have the keys. No worries. Here's the invoice." <laughs> so, <laughs> so happily home now. I am not recording from under the bridge now, but this is the first time ever that I've lost my keys. So that probably tells that there's quite a bit on my plate at the moment, but I'm, I'm happy that I found the keys. That, that was my adventure, really. That's, that's the highlight of my 2021 so far. How about for you? Nice. So um, regarding keys, we started using this uh, smart lock kind of thing. So yeah. we don't have keys anymore. So maybe that's the, the next thing you need to get. So you can just unlock from the mobile phone. Um, oh, yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm, I'm not sure if it's as secure or not, but... Yeah, I mean, it, it works very well for us. So for me, uh, we settled into the new apartment. I mentioned that in a couple of episodes that we were preparing for a big move, taking down our house, down into boxes. Now we moved into an apartment, waiting for 
yeah, the next opportunity to find a nice house to settle down in. And, you know, it's a bit different because I cannot law the mow, uh, mow the lawn, uh, but it's pretty great with local restaurants and coffee shops where I can get takeaway coffee and, and some good pizza and Italian places. Um, we didn't have that where we used to live, which was the suburbs of Malmo. So now we're back in the city, which is kind of nice to get a pulse uh, on things again. So yeah, we the movie's done. We're finally done. So now hopefully I will not rant about that in the episodes uh, moving forward. Instead, I have my baby hanging in a harness on my chest. So with that said, also apologies if there's any noise coming along the show today. Uh, I will try to mute if there's anything going on. But yeah, things are shuttling down. It's It feels great. So now I'm back in a Zen mode. The stress is off with the move. So ready for this episode, definitely. Got some cool updates coming. Excellent. So this episode is another Azure updates. And and quite a bit has been announced and, and released lately. Uh, which one should we start with? So I, I talked a couple of times about Azure storage accounts and the security around those. A couple of episodes back, we talked about in storage accounts that you could disable anonymous access to blobs and stuff like that. Now there's a new preview feature that is in public preview called Prevent Shared Key Authorization on Azure Storage Accounts. And this disallows the use of shared keys and it will block requests that are using the account access key. Because if you create a storage account in Azure, you know that you have access key one and access key two, and these are kind of global keys. So if you have those keys, you can do whatever you want. Um, you know, given that the firewall actually allows your IP address to, to access the account. Uh, but then you're authorized to do whatever you want. You can delete er everything or you can create, um, you know, a bunch of crap data, whatever you want. Uh, so this is a very welcome change that I also see in a lot of my production scenarios because we use Azure AD for authentication for a lot of things and managed identities and, and all this because then we get the role-based access control. We can kind of more granularly control how things work. And one thing that we could never do was disable these keys. You know, you had these two global admin uh, keys to these storage accounts and you could never just delete them or, or turn them off, which was a bit strange to me. Now we can do that. So this is pretty cool. My recommendation around that, which I also read in the Microsoft docs is start by enabling logging and metrics first, because then you can understand how your different applications and users are authorizing today for the storage accounts. So in my case, I have thousands of storage accounts spread across many subscriptions in a lot of places. If I were to just go through all of them and, and disable authorization using the shared key, I would be in a lot of uh, trouble because a lot of applications and users would have issues. So start by enabling logging and metrics, and then you can kind of get the data and see where and how many uh, applications or users are actually using the, these keys to access the, the storage account. And when you know that, you can make an informed decision whether to kill that access or not. A pretty cool, very important update. Important to understand that this now will exist. And if you only rely on Azure AD for authentication and authorization, this is something you need to look into. This is, this is something I really need to start using because lately I've been utilizing Azure storage accounts quite a bit on file shares, meaning you lift and shift an on-prem file share like that k drive or t drive you copy the files to azure storage account 
And nowadays you can do this, um, the NTFS permission mapping or retain the permissions and then map those back to your own premises accounts. Uh, but the problem has always been that you can still mount that network drive from Azure storage file share by using the storage account primary or secondary key and that bypasses all the permissions. Yep. So now with this, I could prevent the authorization by using those and I could enforce the NDFS permissions as well. Yeah, it's pretty cool. This, this, this is good to know. Oh, alrighty, for me, um, let me pick this one. General availability for stop and start functionality for Azure database for MySQL. And I have to admit, I've, I've sort of haven't seen the preview for this, but oftentimes when something is announced, it's sort of not really announced, but it, a new button perhaps pops up, pop, pops up in Azure portal. And then two weeks later, somebody announces that it's now generally available because it's stable and it works. So with this functionality, you can stop and start a platform as a service instance of MySQL running on Azure. And of course, the main reason is the same as for virtual machines that you want to manage your cost. And perhaps you know that next week we are not using this test MySQL, let me stop this. And previously when you couldn't do this, you would have to delete the whole instance to avoid any cost, even if you're not using it. So yeah. super simple functionality, generally available. You can stop and start a MySQL instance. Very nice. And I, I recall that came for a couple of other services in the past year as well. Something that you in the past thought were an obvious requirement, but that never existed without using a CLI or, or something else to kind of do it the, you know, the, using the backdoors. But uh, yeah, I like that. All these small additions that have big impact in a lot of organizations. So the next thing on my list that I really like is event grid is now in public preview for Azure Cache for Redis. Um, so I talked about this, which is distributed caching and Azure Cache for Redis in some of the shows in the past. I briefly mentioned it, uh, mentioned that a couple of times. And I really like how the, the service helps us with handling caching at scale. And now Azure is rolling out a new integration with Event Grid for Azure Cache for Redis. So you can uh, trigger events on client export, import, uh, or scaling when you are scaling up or down uh, on your cache instance, or when Redis updates are being performed on that cluster. So this is pretty cool. So you can now then integrate whatever way you want. So with Azure Event Grid, I don't think we've had an episode only on Event Grid. So maybe that makes sense to do. Uh, the super TLDR or short, short version of Event Grid is you can subscribe to events happening on a lot of things in Azure. So in a key vault, you can subscribe to when someone adds or modifies or deletes a secret or whatever. And now in this case for Azure Cache for Redis, you can subscribe to events like client export, import, scaling the cluster, or when there's an update happening. Uh, and then you can do whatever you want. You can get these as a logic app or Azure function, um, add it to a queue, you know, all the capabilities of, of uh, Azure Event Grid. So if you need more insights, if you need to take action when something happens at your distributed caching, now in your Azure Cache for Redis clusters, you can do that a lot easier by getting these insights using Azure Event Grid. So still in preview as of this recording, but pretty cool feature. Sounds good. On my list next, this is a bit specific. 
and I'm not entirely sure if I've had this need ever, but I'm glad it's now there, should I have the need in the future. Uh, append blob support for Azure Data Lake storage is now in limited public purview. And what this means is that when you store data in an Azure Data Lake storage, uh, normally you keep on adding new blobs or perhaps removing old ones and adding new ones. But if you have a large blob, perhaps a large file or large content, and you would just like to append something often in a logging scenario, you don't have to uh, open the whole blob, scroll to the end or get to the end and then insert and commit that, that save. You can now open it for append and simply append a new line in a text file, for example. And the maximum size is 195 gigs. It's oddly specific, but I think somebody figured this is the, this is the optimal number to keep it smooth. So again, uh, interesting and perhaps somebody listening who's working more with this specific scenario is, 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 is really um, yelling loudly now and enjoying that this is finally available in limited public preview. But for me, it's nice to know and perhaps this problem presents itself in the future. And then I go, aha, but we talked about this. Now it's there, we can use this. Very interesting. And, and having append support for anything is really mandatory for a lot of scenarios. So again, a welcome change. So the next one on my list is about Security Center. And I, in all these updates shows, I tried to mention something about Security Center. And I've got two things. One is the updates in January 2021 that are preview features. And the other ones are the updates in January that are GA that are rolled out in production. So starting with the preview features, uh, secure score for management group uh, now exists, right? Because usually you had a secure score and you can see this for your subscription, you have this score. Now in preview, you can get this for your management groups. If in your management groups, you have multiple sub-management groups and maybe 15 or, or 500 subscriptions, you can get a secure score for that management group, which is pretty cool and also very important because I use secure score in my line of business a lot. And I rely on some of the insights I get there, even though I have to manually drill down and kind of understand a lot of things. It's a very good number to keep an eye on to understand if we're actually improving or not. So this is a, a welcome change. Another thing is you can now exempt entire recommendations from your secure score for subscription and management groups, which is cool. Um, one of my favorites though is you can request tenant-wide visibility from your admin. So if you're not seeing anything uh, and you're a normal user, then you can justify what's necessary for you to have this access. So if you're only a reader and you don't have access to the secure score or to see something for a specific subscription, you can say, hey, Mr. Admin, I want to request access uh, with this visibility tenant-wide. So you can get access to the secure score for all the things you have, not just the one thing you have permission for. Uh, there might be reasons where you need to do that if you're maybe doing security audits or you know keeping tabs on things, but you don't want or need or can have access to the subscriptions on a more granular level. So that's pretty cool. The Azure Security Benchmark uh, coverage has another 35 new recommendations. And I think the last time we talked about it, they had another 25 recommendations or something like that. So every time there's like a, a load of new recommendations, 
So really Azure Security Center is something we really cannot live without, at least in my, uh, my scenarios and use cases, I cannot live without it. It's super cool and it helps me a lot. And one of the final preview features that I really like is you can export snapshots uh, of secure score and regulatory compliance data using the continuous export feature. And there's these two different modes like streaming where you send real-time data, like the health uh, state has been updated on a resource or the snapshot, which then is the, the, the one for the preview where the current state of all regu regulatory compliance ass assessments is sent weekly. So every week you would get a snapshot of this is your regulatory compliance assessment right now. Now imagine doing this for a year and you have 52 reports with numbers and data where you can kind of compare how things are going over the timeline if you need this to be integrated into different systems like Power BI or something else where you manage your insights and oversights. Pretty cool. It seems that on Azure Security Center, every week we keep getting a lot of new capabilities. So that's, yeah. that's definitely something that one should perhaps spend a few minutes every week to see, okay, what's up here? How are things looking today? And, and is there something I should look more deeply as well? For me, next on the list is Azure Monitor Agent uh, updates on the Linux binaries. So there's new Linux distributions that are supported now. And then there's a couple of new features for Linux-based installations. And, and the new agent now on Linux, it can do multi-homing, meaning that it can send logs and, and diagnostics to multiple workspaces from Linux. And also what you can do is you can collect from uh, multiple VMs in a single workspace. So if you have 20 Linux boxes, you can collect from all of those at once. The, the support for latest Linux, Linux distros, there's a huge list of the different ones, and I'm not entirely sure which ones of these were not previously officially supported, but I've used the Azure Monitor agent successfully on Ubuntu. Now it's supported on Ubuntu 20. Perhaps I used that on Ubuntu 18. Uh, but Ubuntu 20 is supported, and the usual suspects like Red Hat Enterprise Linux um, SUSE Linux is supported, and also Oracle Linux 8 is now supported. Although it does also mention that a couple of these have known issues, they only support this and not that. So I will put the uh, links in the show notes in case you're thinking of deploying uh, Azure Monitor Agent on a bunch of Linux boxes, then you need to check what's supported and what's not. Very nice. So the next thing that I have uh, as I mentioned, I, I wanted to talk about the preview features of Security Center and then the GA features or the features that already rolled out in January 2021. And, and the things that rolled out uh, amongst other things are uh, Azure Security Benchmark is now the default policy initiative for Azure Security Center, which can be important to understand or, or to know. There's vulnerability assessments for on-prem and multi-cloud machines, which is now also released for GA. Secure Score API is released for GA. And I know I talked about that in a previous episode where you now have this REST API for the Secure Score. So you can programmatically get access to your score. And same thing here, if you want to use the continuous export, cool. If you want to do this the programmatic way and code something yourself where you get the data, cool. And now this is GA, so it's no longer a preview. So if you really want to make use of that, it's now available in production use as well. An important thing is dangling DNS protection has been added to Azure Defender for app service. 
And this is something that I noticed a while back. I got a notification saying, hey, you've got dangling DNS issues, meaning at some point, maybe I bought www.mydomain.com and I tied it to an Azure app service called myappservice.azurewebsites.net. And then I deleted that app service, right? But my domain is still pointing to this app service. But because I deleted it, anyone else in the world on any Azure subscription, including free anonymous ones, can use that, create a new app service called my web app or my app service. Now their internal domain name for that will be myapp.azurewebsites.net, which my domain now is pointing to still because I forgot to delete that, right? So now they can add malicious code onto that website, but I'm the one pointing them there with my website. So. And this is kind of an important thing to uh, to understand and get an overview of. In the past, I used a lot of PowerShell to kind of iterate through everything and, and check my DNS records in Cloudflare that I'm using in Azure DNS, and then also my app services to ensure that there were that there were no dangling DNS issues. But now with this also built into Azure Defender for app service, that's kind of cool. So yeah, I, th I think those are the the main things for the GA security updates in January 2021. I think important right. at least two. I, I still have one more. So this is interesting because on one of the previous uh, episodes on Azure updates, I think it was the previous one or the one before that, I mentioned uh, the, the preview for soft deletes on, on Azure file shares on Azure storage. So that was a new switch you could enable. So if users were to delete files on Azure file shares, you would have soft delete and they would be in this sort of recycle bin for seven days. And that's now been evolving into a general availability that it's turned on by default now. So entirely the same feature and functionality, but for all Azure storage accounts that are created after January 31st, 2021, this is enabled by default now and previously it just became available so it won't be enabled for any existing storage accounts but all the new ones it will be enabled by default and i wouldn't say you have to do anything unless you have custom provisioning scripts or custom logic that explicitly has set this on now you don't have to set it on anymore very nice and then to kind of round off with my final update uh, is about Azure API management and uh, certificates in Key Vault. And I want to mention that because I know that some of the, the regular listeners we have work with API management because we've had those discussions in the past, both on Twitter and over email. Um, so the support for Azure API management certificates in Azure Key Vault means you can reference the Key Vault certificates shared across services as certificates in API management. Uh, so you can manage and rotate the certificates from Azure Key Vault now, which is cool. So granular access policies for API management certificates can be stored in the Azure Key Vault. So kind of removing that from attaching a specific certificate directly to API management, no, put them in Key Vault where you have all the other certificates for whatever solution you're building uh, and you can manage and you can rotate them from there which is really good. And then you can also reuse certificates across services. And currently the supported certificate, certificate types are uh, client certificates for authentication, 
for API request to backend uh, requests. So this is pretty cool. If you're working with API management, which I know some people are, uh, take a look at that. This is in GA, so you can start using it today. So this has been rolled out. So it's available in your tenant as we speak. I recall one of the very first episodes we did for this show was on Azure Key Vault. And it's fun now after what, 16, 18 months or, or some later, it's fun now seeing that Azure Key Vault is still, it's, it's evolving, but it hasn't changed that drastically since then. But it's, it sort of is one of the key features, key services in terms of security for any Azure architecture, for any Azure implementation. And it's fun now seeing that stuff like API management is more heavily leveraging what Key Vault can do. Yeah, I remember it was actually our very first episode. And I think it was called, let's talk about Azure Key Vault. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we did talk about it. And that was oh, yeah. a great show and we got great feedback. But you're right, um, you know, the, the service in itself, it still has the three same things. You have keys, you have certificates, you have secrets, and that's it. And then there's a couple of things changing where you can have role-based access control and, and, you know, a couple of new features, but the core functionality is still the same. And it's such an integral part of everything that you build in the cloud that it's exactly what you say. It's a core service now used by all the other services and every time you see a new service coming out, there's, oh, and by the way, this is how you integrate that into the Key Vault. So you don't have to manage all of this in this service. You can offload that to the Key Vault and then just set up authentication and authorization between those services. So that's pretty cool. And this is reminding me that Microsoft Ignite uh, 2021, uh, at least the first uh, instance let's hope there's going to be another one in the usual schedule in september but the first one will be in march uh this year so i hope we're seeing a lot more updates in the coming weeks as well even though i'm happy with, with the rapid pace of updates but perhaps then we'll also get something new new services or fully new capabilities besides just evolving the existing services sounds good Alrighty, this was all we had for this episode. Thank you for tuning in and until next time. See you then. Thank you for tuning in to the Control Alt Azure podcast. Find out more and read the show notes on controlaltazure.com. Stay tuned.